Hello everybody. This is, I'm back uh, for number six. Um, I'd just like to thank everybody who's listened to me previously. Uh, I've had over um, 1100 listeners, which uh, absolutely amazes me. Why so many people want to listen to an angry man talking about stuff that's gone on before. So thank you everybody, uh, really appreciate it. Um, and I hope everyone's staying safe who's working in the prison estate. Um, I still worry about everyone even though I'm retired and I still forget getting people's uh, views on the prison. <laughs> um, and uh, commiserations to my mate Bradley whose dad passed away last week. Here for your bruv whenever you need me. All right, bud. Um, so, uh, I, uh, I don't even know where I got to now. Yeah, um, healthcare, I think I was at. That was uh, quite a challenging time. Uh, I worked in healthcare just before COVID kicked in. Um, I think I did mention this before, actually. But uh, during the time in COVID, it was a nightmare. Um, because we had a lot of sick people in there, poorly people, so to say. A lot of sick people in jail, didn't A lot of normal people, but anyway. Um, and it was quite a challenge, uh, but as I said previously, the team all pulled together, nurses all pulled together, and we, we got through it. Uh, it was um, difficult for the staff, though, because we was round at the time, the, everybody got sent to healthcare who was COVID positive. Um, at first, because obviously, like a lot of us, we didn't realise how long it was going to piss him last. Um, so, yeah, uh, eventually they did open a wing on the TC unit where they was getting that many people in. Um, in from courts, really, not actually from um, inside the prison, coming in from court and testing positive, so we had to isolating for 10 days in a, in a dedicated wing um, which was hard to get staff for at first um, until a few perks were added to work on that wing. Yeah, I was in, in healthcare and worked on that with COVID patients for months and got nothing extra except we could come in work in our civvies and go home in our civvies. Um, with our uniform and a sugar bag, which I didn't have a fucking clue what a sugar bag was at first, but uh, I soon found out. So, uh, yeah, that went on. We had, uh, I think I've mentioned it previously, where one lad with COVID actually went into cardiac arrest and we had to actually save his life. <coughs> um, and he was forever thankful for that. Uh, he went, he had it a few times. But, uh, we yeah, we didn't have many... Covid related incidents really, we just have to be really careful with PPE and stuff like that. Um, the One thing we did get actually, we got, um, if you like, better masks than the rest of the jail because of our um, proximity to it all the time. Um, the, the funny thing about that is when uh, we had to, we used to have separate waiting rooms, obviously one for sex offenders and one for normal normal uh, regime prisoners 
Um, but we had to obviously had to separate that then. So VPs could only come on certain days, and um, unless it was an emergency, of course. And then um, when the normal regime prisons come down, we opened both both waiting rooms. Uh, so we could take more, you know, because we only have to, we could only have four in the room or something silly like that. Yeah, four in the room. So oh, I'll tell you, some prisoners come down and was putting them in the VP with sex offenders and like I'm not going in there. They'd rather go back to the main prison to the cells than sit in a room where sex, uh, the VPs had been uh, VPs sex offenders. There, where they've been, um, they've been before. Even though the rooms get sprayed up, they get this the um, cleaning bombs chucked in every night. Make sure they're clean and all that. But now they would not go in that room. They'd rather go back. <laughs> it was mad. Um, so it just shows how deeply dis disliked the uh, vulnerable prisoners, sex offenders are. Um, it's good to say out loud because I was. Dumb into us just to call them VPs for 12 years and now I can call them what I want really. Um, well, I won't use the N-O-N word because um, I got told off for that. Um, yeah, again, like anything in the prison service, none stood for that abnormal criminal element back in the day. So that's where the word nones come from. Uh, someone might dispute that with me. Um, and quite frankly, I don't care. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, and it's an old story about walking around the um, exercise yard. Wherever you go, wherever I've been anyway, prisoners have always walked around anti-clockwise. Because back in the day, our prisoners, the VPs had to walk in the middle, but they had to walk clockwise. And the others had to walk, and, and it still goes on today. And I don't think 99% of prisoners realise why they do it. They just automatically do it. It's mad. Uh, one of the few mad quirks you see in prison. Um, when I first started, I couldn't really get my head around why everyone walks so slow. Uh, in between, you know, healthcare, work, like all that. And then I, one day I just asked, I said, mate, why do you walk so slow? He said, because it's the only fucking fresh air we get, so we're making the most of it. I'm like, oh, God, yeah. Um, it's like, the call. I got called by prisoners, big man. And with my... Um, I thinking that because he thought it was big and hard, but actually, it's just the same in prison. Anyone who's small is a big man, and anyone who's smart, big is a small, is just a small man. So that burst my bubble a bit, because I thought, yeah, they know I'm an hard man. But actually, it's because I was a little. But yeah, it got called that a lot. Um, another little quirk, you get in the prison system, that it, it's like prisoners call you sir or governor or boss. I'm like, no, mate. Because I'm ex-army, so everyone with a sir in front of the name was fucking lazy and did no work for the money. So I didn't like being called sir. I didn't like being called boss because I'm not the boss. I've just got the keys. And gov, again, I'm not a gov. Governors wear suits and walk around doing fuck all over there. Not all of you, before you start on me. Um, so yeah, just call me Mark. 
or dickhead or whatever you want. Uh, if I'm in a good mood, I'll let that go. But if I'm like, I'll fucking have you off. But yeah, call me Mark. And I think that was one of the reasons why a lot of prisoners would talk to me and get on with me because I was straight with him. I'm, don't call me Gulliver, boss, or Mark. And then I get the old lads who've been in a few years and he went, I can't, I've been calling people Gov and Boss for, for years. I said, well, yeah, I'm not going to do, punish you for calling me Gov. I was just saying I don't like it. Um, a lot of them come down in the end. Um, uh, and I let, I let Big Man go after I realised what it was. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, it was good. It was... Uh, yeah, but um, that's the good side of it. I'm, I'm going to go on to pretty gruesome bad sides now. Um, some of the incidents we were involved in, um, which were quite horrible. Uh, people smashed to shit by other prisoners. and uh, We'd go in and there were three or four of them kicking shit out of someone and we'd have to go in and sort them out. Uh, no kit, nothing. We, it was just like... Dating. Um, it happens a lot, you probably see on telly where a lot of people, the, the alarm goes and all that, officers just run on in white shirts. Um, and back in the day, it used to lock the wing up, so you'd be running on the wing, the fucking 60 prisoners still out, two prisoners scrapping, and obviously they're going to try and stop you getting to them, so they're getting in your way and everything, and we'll fucking just charge, we'll just run them over, and we get to them. And then all the cheering starts, especially if the prison's putting up a fire, and it, it was just horrendous. Um, I spoke about the um, the Mamba incidents. Um, that was fucking... It was it was horrendous and hilarious at the same time. Uh, one day we was... Uh, this lad went into a Mamba attack. Um, so it was myself and Janet, one of the managers, both like... Proper, small, um, and this lad's like crashing about and kicking off. Uh, so we press the ladder, a big Saif come on like, he was a massive big PTI, um, brilliant bloke. Um, so in them days, we had, to, we had to restrain him, as I mentioned before, and hold him down. So uh, <laughs> we, was, we jumped in this cell, and this lad was only small, but he was like 10 men, because he'd been on Mamba. So uh, we, got him on the, we got him on the bed, so he was safe because he was throwing himself about and we was holding him um, and he just started going no 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 to us right so we're all there sweating cobs and Simon Heath says fucking hell it's like Vicar of Dibley in here and oh god how I still held on to him we was laughing that much he, he just come out because that's what it's like that bloke on any of you watch Vicar of Dibley and he just goes no 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 he was um, oh it was so funny and um, he, uh, yeah, it's funny. But this is how probably a lot of times we've got through it. I mean, it was like urgent, like proper life or death struggles with people because these members were going to jump off the railings thinking they could fly and shit like that or they could choke. So it was, and, and then someone will come out with that, oh, it's like the Vicar of Emily on here with us. So, uh, yeah, it was. Proper funny, and even afterwards, we're like, Fucking hell, sir, where did that come from? I said, Well, it was, wasn't it? I'm like, Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, there was, yeah, I, I mean, I've mentioned it before that uh, a lot of the times 
when they asked for volunteer, asked people to kit up, they missed me out because apparently I was too old. Uh, so I used to do white shirt a lot. But even, so that was like, the team would go in, restrain him, get him in cuffs, and then we'd take over, like, in our just normal uniform, and walk him to wherever he was going. Oh, that's easy, most people think. Oh, fucking God, no, it weren't. I mean, he was in some scraps, I was in some scraps walking with the prisoner, because as soon as you see, well, they're not in kit, they think they can kick off, but obviously we're not going to let them. Uh, there was one lad, he was proper, like, had been a dick. So they, he won't come out, he's like, I'll fucking do this and I'll do the blah, blah, blah. So, uh, like, yeah, okay. So the manager got the lad and girls kitted up and they, they got him, got him out, restrained him, handed him over to us. And for some reason, probably because I was the smallest, I was the bad guy, he was going to, when you get me out of these cuffs, I'm going to kick your fucking head in. I'm like, yeah, okay, mate. I mean, we have to say quiet, like, be professional, but sometimes, like, so I'm whispering. I was walking behind him with me, yeah, I'll fucking see you in yourself, you little prick. And uh, so anyway, Charlotte Baker was the manager, so she was like walking with us. And he started kicking off, going fucking batter. And uh, Charlotte just said, fucking drop him. So we, we scrapped a bit of on path. Um, all these idiots with Kate were fucking up watching us, and we were scrapping on the floor with him. Uh, fucking rolling around, mud everywhere, it was brilliant. Uh, got him to his cell and took him in and he's like, I'm going to fucking have you to me like that. I went, oh, God's sake. So, uh, Charlotte, un under his, what was supposed to do is undo his cuffs and walk back. Uh, so Charlotte undone his cuffs and they, they walked out and I stood there and said, right, I'm fucking here, mate. We shut the door. He's oh, I was only kidding, guff. You know, another one of them uh, gobby ones when all his mates are watching and then shit himself when you fucking have him off. Yeah, it's that one. Um, and there was another funny one. I, it wasn't me. Um, you've got uh, a manager, Holly Ennis. She's called Scouse Girl. Proper, proper lovely girl. Uh, and that's coming from a mank to a scouse or so. <laughs> um, and she was um, she was on shift. I think it was a couple of days before she got married, if I remember rightly. And she'd had um, all her nails done and everything, you know, ready for the wedding. And we all, <laughs> oh, why do you love that? Why if it kicks off? It's fucked, yeah, or not. Anyway, so, Ollie, we had, I don't know if I mentioned before, but we had two um, opposite scouse gangs, one on our slot one and one on our slot two. Um, so Ollie was taking his prisoner, I think it was from our slot one, I think he was going to healthcare or the library or the chapel, something like that. Um, and this lad was a bit loopy. He thought his best mate was his spider in his cell and all kind of stuff like that. Um, and he, he wanted to go to chapel, this is what I told Ollie, to light a candle for his dad, who just died. Now, Ollie didn't work that wing, she just got redeployed, so she didn't really know the full story, so she took him, because we do, we take him to chapel for things like that, obviously. Um, and... He got halfway up the path and he ran off. So it's like, fuck. So Ollie's running after him and he's trying to go to house lot two. And we're, obviously she's thinking that he's going to try. I mean, they can't get in the house lot without someone letting them in, so I don't see the point. But anyway, but he wasn't. He was actually just nuts saying, oh, we bet you can't catch me. And he was running off. So Ollie runs after him and she grabs, she gets him. 
she pulls him on the floor. By this time, obviously, other people had arrived. So today, in the middle of that flower bed fighting, fucking restraining him, um, they finally got him restrained and realised he was nutter and his dad hadn't died. He just wanted to piss about. Um, so, yeah. But so later on, we was checking how well he was. Like, oh, how are you doing? And she, and she went, fuck it. She went mad. I broke my fucking nails and I'm getting married in two days. Fucking, and she was got oh, she was bothered all out. And she fucking broke one of my nails. <laughs> fucking mad. Um, yeah. She's uh, happily married now to another, um, well, yeah, scouser. Anyway, so yeah, that's Ollie. But there's other, there's other stories with Ollie and that. And it, I remember once I was in comms because Ollie graduated a few before me. And there was this fucking lad, you know what it is I told you about earlier, the glassback. He, um, they were on the wing, there was Ollie and his glassback, I can't remember his name. And he was stood upstairs, so because we had some intel, something was going to kick off, we put the cameras on the top landing where, and where Ollie was stood because it was apparently the um, cell in the corner. So... And we let Ollie, you know, and let this, what was his name? The glassback, no, anyway. And within two minutes, a minute of the phone call, Ollie was still stood there, ready. And this, this bloke had gone. As soon as he knew there was going to be trouble, he was off, off down the road. Um, one of the um, AD sons, it was, I can't remember his name. He was a right, I mean, he used to strut around the prison like he was a big man, but once we'd seen that and we spread it around. And Ollie was there on her own. I'm not saying she could have, she probably could have dealt with it on her own, but you know, this is what we were up against people. Oh, there's going to be trouble, better disappear. We had another one, um, he's left the service now. Um, but he was a shit house. He was scrapping on the wing and he, I mean, he used to disappear. And then uh, he went on the tornado course, he was like, you know, like the enhanced team. The ones that travel around, they're like, when there's trouble, they get kicked up. So this fucker went on it, and we were all laughing because we thought, it, what? He won't even get in a fight in his own prison, and now he's going off on that. <coughs> Excuse me. So they let him go, and he come back, and he passed. Because obviously you pass when it's pretend. Uh, so when people get out of tornado, they get their own back. With all the kit in, you know, their own kit, their helmet, and all, and it's theirs, so none of us can use it. Um, and it's in a bag with their name, so if they've got to go quick, they can pick it up, jump in a van, and off they go. Um, so nobody in the tornado team walks out with the fucking bag. It's put in a safe place where they can get to it straight away. Because sometimes, like the Birmingham riots, some of our lads went on that. Oh, um, I'll tell you more about that in a bit. So, yeah, so this fucking idiot, for weeks, honestly, weeks after he passed his course, he's walking around all day with his fucking bag over his shoulder. It's like, what are you doing? Well, my tornado got me ready. I suggest yes, over the rest, but don't walk around with it. He was another one hiding in the kitchen, man, when it kicked off. Uh, he got promoted to manager in the end, but he fucked that up. Uh, so they put him in charge of something in education. But he's still got managers pay. Like, 20 grand a year more than us. You fucking shit. That's politics in the prison, mate. They give someone a job, he shit at it, so you don't get put him back down to an officer like they used to. He 
He gave him another cushy job. What? Uh, shows anyway, he left them in me and he just walked out, couldn't cope. Poor. So, uh, yeah, there people like that. Yeah, but one time we was, uh, <laughs> when they were going, I think it was Birmingham, it might have been somewhere else, where I told eight old lads had come in. I was on nights. Um, and they came in and they all got, we let them all in, they all got the kit come out, you know, say, good luck lads, stay safe, blah, blah, um, And they got in the van, um, the minibus, and one of them, Bruffy, he, he was, uh, he was like a couple of seconds behind them. So they got in the van, started the engine up, and as Bruffy come out the um, nick, they set off. So Bruffy's running after him like looking for all his kit bag on his back. Uh, he slowed down a bit, opened the window and pulled him in through the window. <laughs> Fucking mad. Mad. Uh, yeah, but they went down to um, yeah, the Birmingham riots. Um, yeah, they fucking loved it. Absolutely, they just loved it. Um, there was one lad, he, he was from Doncaster, but he came to our prison, uh, Dave, and uh, he went with his tornado team from Doncaster. And uh, he was telling us, he was. they got on the wing, you know, like, the um, officer in charge is like, right, get on that wing, Getting themselves, give them a direct order to come out of the cells. If they don't come out of the cells, drop them, drag them out, get them off the wind. Yeah, go, yeah, go, yeah, go. So they're going along, and, and Dave was in his cell, and the prisoners just sat there on the bed, and he goes, uh, gives him a direct order, like, come on, get off out of yourselves. And this lad just sat there ignoring Dave. So Dave oh. So he gave him another chance. Very rare we give people a two chance in that situation, but. So uh, Dave said, right, out yourself now, you know, I'm direct order and just sat there. So Dave fucking jumps on him, drags him out of the cell, and the governor's there and says, what are you doing, Dave? He said, I fucking give him two direct orders to come out of his cell, and he wouldn't come out of his cell. And the governor says, yeah, because he's fucking deaf, you dickhead. <laughs> so he dragged this poor lad out of the cell, retained him, dragged him off the fucking wing, and the poor fucker was deaf. He only ignored Dave because he didn't fucking hear him. <laughs> My God. It's, uh, yeah, we have, we had a, a deaf lad on uh, Mike Wing once, he was, uh, he could, he could talk, but, you know, not fully, obviously. Um, and he would only, like, try and talk to me, because I don't know why, but, because probably because my dad was deaf, and I'm one of these people that, you know, shout at dead slow talk, oh, you look like that, I talk to him. Uh, uh, a bit slower because he can read his lips, but not like I don't shout and treat him like an idiot. Um, but you know, you feel sorry for him, he's deaf, he can't, you know, it's a difficult thing. So we had to do that, like knock on his door and, and uh, actually go in and say, get, you know, hand signals for him to come out or whatever. Um, and then he got released, he got bailed and he got released, so we only another couple of days. We were like, oh, poor lad, you know. Fuck, they took about three months later, he's back. Still at it, so I was like, mate, what? God. So, uh, yeah, but he, he, he just come in, gave me a big smile, and I'm like, oh, you're back. And it was like good stuff like that. Um, a lot of them like that, they come in and go that far, you actually start getting on with them, if that's the right word to say. Um, especially when it was on my wing. I mean, some of them I've said before, some of them are still coming in now. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, 
used to have two lads that you've worked together a lot, Adam and uh, Jamie. Uh, they went to healthcare. Fuck it, I tell you what, there was more al more alarms going healthcare than ever when I'm shooting because they didn't stand no shitting about. Uh, Jamie was famous by his uh, shield stance, shall we say? Um, used to um, yeah, yeah, they didn't fuck about. I remember the first time their alarm went. See, back in the day, we didn't used to press our personal alarms that much unless it was urgent. Like. Uh, we used to go in and deal with it, then we call for the uh, manager or the principal officer in HMP to just come on with the cuffs and cuff him. Uh, but obviously in healthcare, they have to press the alarm because it's, well, it's healthcare, mental health. And most times the alarm would go, we'd leg it down there and Jamie and Adam had had it sorted. They just wanted someone to come and check him to seg because they couldn't leave healthcare. Um, but that's how it was in them days. There was no... Um, and when the manager got someone kitted up, they got someone kitted up it, for a reason because it was bad. Um, oh yeah, I remember one we had. Um, I don't know if I mentioned earlier about when some lads from Coventry took over the wing on the uh, November wing. Um, did, well, it all ended. I probably did tell you about it, but um, and they got shipped out, um, obviously. Um, and about a few years later, one of them come back from court, he came back. Um, they tried to get, say, no, he's not coming back here because he caused a riot, um, discipline and good order. So the, um, I don't know what happened, but he ended up, he was on his own, he weren't with his gang, so that's probably why they let him back. But um, our security manager at the time wasn't happy with this, so they thought, you know what? putting him in sec because he come in first night so night wing and november wing shared first night mostly we got the detox first night but sometimes it was that many we had some of them anyway so um it was on november wing i think anyway so they our security manager at the side decided we're moving him to sec can't put chance him starting trouble again uh, so we went up and he told him and he's like, I ain't fucking going nowhere. He just lay in his bed and refused. Now, sometimes he'd send someone else in, like a negotiator, or not a full-blown negotiator, but someone will talk to him and say, come on, mate. And you know, I did that a few times. And, and luckily, with me, a lot of times it worked, apart from what I told you about earlier, where he started slashing up. Um, but because this lad was such a, a bellend, Dale just said, well, fuck that, we're going getting kitted up. So, he shut his door, he went off, he got kitted up. And, uh, they went in, and he did he fucking fight? He was fighting like shit, it took ages. Um, he refused to walk, so they had to carry him, and uh, they tried to walk him downstairs, and he just kept going um, limp. So, um, our security manager at the side says, yeah, right, Go and get me, you know, like these uh, catering trolleys, the big tall trolleys with the, the bars on the side. What they carried the boxes and frozen and stuff in. He said to one of the go and get that. So we said, she said, right, if you don't fucking start walking, I'm going to put you in that fucking trolley and wheel you over there. And the trolley come on, he was going to do it. And uh, I think he actually put him in it. And then I think the... Uh, 
Victor too come on or something. We can, must have had a word with him, got him out. But yeah, he did walk. But yeah, they've got to put him in the fucking trolley. I mean, you couldn't get away with that these days. Not these new shitty governments they've got. You get a slap on the wrist. Well, worse. If they like you, if they like you, you get away with it. But if they didn't, you get in trouble. Um, unfortunately, that's how it is nowadays. It's uh, we went through a phase where the prison was dead good. Everyone got on. It was there was no like. I won't say everyone got on because that would be a lie. There's too many of you, but you know what I mean. And it's gone back to being uh, proper misogynist now and uh, oh, bad. Um, lots of clicks, especially with the governor, um, which I've mentioned before. The Depp, who thinks he can. Uh... No, I better not go any more on that. Um, because that's a, an ongoing thing. Um, yeah, proper mad. I mean, to be honest, I didn't notice all this because when I was in the shit, with my mental health, or I, I was even in the shit normally, I'd be, they'd help me. Obviously, if I did something stupid, like I was bent or I fucking stabbed another prisoner or something, yeah. <coughs> um, and I never realised till later on that because I've got a dick, I got help, and that's how it is now. It's just like, oh, I don't, I don't. It, sorry, it annoys me, and I did do a lot about this last time, so we'll, we'll move on. But yeah, they, I'll talk about that. There was one. He uh, was a Muslim, and he was kicking off, and he was actually giving the female officers some shit. You know, like talk to like shit. So you just you're below me. You British sluts and all that too. So again, certain managers are like, right, so uh, what did they do? Kitted up three, three of the female staff who went in and gave him a right fucking tatering. And then when he didn't know this, because he was all helmeted up, and then when they got out, he took their helmets off and started laughing at him. That <laughs> fucking brilliant. Um, so yeah, that's what I mean. Back in the day, there wouldn't be any of this. Uh, because a lot of the girls used to, come to me, or not just me, but other people going mad. So I'm like, why, what's up? Why, I had such a such about it. They'd restrained him, got him on the floor, had him in locks, and these fucking idiots had come on, these big macho men. Right, yeah, and I'll take over that. And I'm pushing the girl away, she's like, I had him. I said, mate, it's just, that's how it is. Some of them just like to think that you're all like little girls and you don't need, and you need help, but, I mean, it's, yeah, I learned that the hard way, didn't I, Claire? Um, yeah, there's no need for it. We're all trade the same, and during our trading, they say it's not the size that matters, it's how you do it. It's how you do your, your restraint. It doesn't matter how big or small you are, you can still do it. You know, it, we, we do it, it's not like we're fighting with them, or we're like, once you get them down and you get them in hold, it's pain for, you give them pain for them to come. Oh, I forgot the word now. So it doesn't matter how big you are. Conflict, you can still conflict pain on them to, make, to calm them down. Um, but yeah, they, bloody, I'll tell you, it's so many times that you used to see it, like, what are you doing? Uh, I'll tell you one time, I was on, um, I, don't, I told you I was coordinating on Alphot 2, um, and I used to walk around all the time, checking that everyone was okay, not if they were working, if they were okay. And I just walked past one day, walking past Gay Wing one day, and I'm like, what the fuck? Two female staff grappling with this lad on the floor and there was blood all over the wing. 
So I'm like, fucking hell. So I jumped, I ran on, and I did help him, but only because he was only two of them and we had to legally three. Um, and we got excited out of it, we were staying in his prison, we pressed, he pressed the alarm there, and another staff come on. So I said to him, what the fuck? He said, oh, we were just locking up, and he, he, he come out of the laundry and just started assaulting the prison, so we had no fucking, we had to jump on him straight away. They hadn't pressed the alarm, they were dealing with it. Um, and yeah, it was really, it was um, Amy and... Got another name now. Yeah, the two girls. Um, they, they jumped on him and fucking was scrapping with him. The other lad was stood up with blood pissing out of his head, but he just stayed there because. And them two were great. They didn't even shout for help because they knew they could do it. Um, and like I said, the only reason I went to help is because legally there's got to be three of us. Um, but yeah, it was uh, good stuff, girls. Um, yeah, that, that. See, that's the kind of people that should be main managers. People who get stuck in and know the wing and get not these who are good at paperwork. Not, don't get me wrong, they're not all like that. There's some people who, you know, I've been in fights with prisoners with and, and they look after themselves and they've got the job. When there's others who just were good at paperwork, so they got the job, they were shit on the wing. They were skivers, they always used to hide, they'd do anything to get out of work, and now they're fucking earning whatever amount of money a year. Um, and they probably just do the same, sit on their arse in the office and, you know, no respect for people like that. I've respect for loads of managers and, and a lot of the ADs who've come up through the ranks, I've worked with them, seen how they work. You know, they know the job inside out, so yeah, people respect them. But I get loads of people now saying these fucking, some of these managers and, yeah, and people, He's one person, not in the end of gate, in another jail, who started off as a prison officer, got involved in a CNR, couldn't cope with it, had six months off with stress, uh, made her the manager of a new jail. So she's in charge of new staff, someone who can't even fucking deal with a restraint. She didn't get hurt, it was just a, a bit of a violent restraint. Do you know what I mean? I could, if I went to that prison and she was in charge, I'd be like, uh, I ain't listening to you, mate. You don't know what the fuck you do. Go and fill your paperwork in, probably what you're good at. Um, that's one of the reasons I, I had to go early because of that attitude of uh, some managers towards staff. Horrendous, mate. Horrendous. Um, you've got no respect for experience. Once they get that promotion, they think you know more than anyone. Mate, you don't, you don't know shit. I didn't know everything, and I've been in job twelve years. I was still people, still teach. I was still being learned by people. Little things. I'm like, oh god, yeah. But these ones, some of these people get the promotion. They think, all oh, right, oh, yeah. no, mate. And please don't talk down to me until you've done a bit of service. Um, and don't get me wrong. A lot of them, they wouldn't. Um, I mean. I mentioned Paige again, the manager we had in in Gaz and Neil Fleetwood, Maxine. They would never talk down to people. They'd ask you. Obviously, if you didn't do it, then you'd get your balls chewed off. But you know, it was like you had that respect. Then, like, yeah, of course, we'll 
Oh, I'll make demand if I don't today, but oh, okay, you know, go and ask someone else. None of this get. I mean, one of them said to me, Right, do as you told. I said, Don't fucking talk to me, do as you told. I'm busy, get someone else to do it. Because yeah. uh, some of them try to stamp their authority on, they'll pick on the experienced ones to try as they were. I mean, um, we had one. We had, the, we had like consistent managers on, our, on my wing. Um, and then we got this, I won't mention name, we got this promoted one, she does fit in promoted. And we put her on Mike Wing, um, and she decided she was going to stamp her authority on Mike Wing because at the time, Mike Wing had the most experienced staff on it, and the wing was running, and it was like the staff were, get, we were getting praised by the way we run the wing. So, I mean, like when Charlotte was my, our manager, she used to do a briefing in the morning and tell everyone what they're doing, and then she, she'd just say, well, Mike Wing, you know what to do. And she used to say to us, I don't even have to ask you, I'll tell you what to do, but you just do it. It's brilliant. I don't have to even worry about you. Um, but this other manager come on and she's like, she wanted to stamp her authority. So she tried, um, oh God, everything. We used to all get, re we used to get redeployed all over the prison. She, you know, it's like stuff like that. And she accused two of her, my colleagues of, having relationships where all they were were just best mates. She tried out, but at the time she was having a relationship with someone. So anyway, um, so while this was going on, she, I got redeployed because we always had three on Mike Wing. And I was getting redeployed to Mike Wing and someone else on another one was going on Mike Wing and was like, what's the point of that? But I didn't mind, I liked being redeployed at the time. Um, and I thought, you know what, I'm not going to give you the satisfaction of moaning about it. So I cracked on with it. Um, and then she, oh, she tried everything. Kept coming on the on the wing trying to catch us out. But we were that uh, drilled in what we had to do every day. She never caught us, like, ever. And she used to walk on, on um, the uh, when we were doing surgery. And we used to have them all queued up, like, dead straight line. No fucking crowding. Uh, I used to stand there, or one of them used to stand there, and they get two packs of butter each. That was it. Uh, all quiet. Anyone started gobbing off, they got ragged out of it, they got put behind the door. And we brought the dinner to them. They, they knew this, so it was all good. Plus we had good um, orderlies who, who helped it. Anyway. So she used to come on and she'd be like, trying to catch his out and that. It's like, nah, mate, it's not happening. Um, and I think in the end, and then there was that issue I said about where they wanted to move all the bike with staff to hospital one to help sort a wing out. Uh, and it got stopped because it's like, well, then might wing up in shit state and we'll have to come sort that out again. Uh, and in the end, I think, I don't know if she'd give up while she was told to pack it in. Uh, but I'd been redeployed like every day for about three weeks. And then I come back on the wing and I, I knocked on the door. And you could see she was ready for me to kick off and went, oh, can I just say thank you for being redeployed all that time? She said, weren't loads. And I've learned what good managers are. So she said, oh, what do you mean? She said, what do you mean? I said, do you want me to be honest? And she went, yes. Yeah. I said, right. I said, a good manager is someone who handles the staff properly. Uh, you don't do that. I said, you've got no respect on the wing and you're shit at managing. So there you go. And I walked out, um, 
I don't know if she asked to or she was moved, but she moved a couple of weeks later. Um, I'm not going to stand for it. I'm ex. I'm an ex squadder, so I I, I um, respect rank. Even though some officers we had were complete pricks, we used to help them because we knew it was for our own good. But when you get people like he used to stack shelves in Tesco's and then come in here and get a job because he could fill paper in and then try and you know if I've put it a different way, if all the experienced staff behave like these, some of these new managers who've got no jail craft, we wouldn't have a prison left. Because we ain't got a fucking clue. They don't know what goes on. They don't know how they operate. They don't walk in the wing and know, oh shit, it don't feel right today. You know, little things like that. Um, I, I think, this is my opinion, and my mate Lucy's just done it, She's done six, seven, eight years and then gone for the manager's job because then she feels she's right. Quite right. Lovely. I agree completely, mate, and I'm dead proud of you because you've done it the right way. You've learned the job. You've learned. You've got all your experience. You've got all your jail craft. And now you're a manager and in a different jail helping new officers. Fucking brilliant, mate. I worked with Lucy today. She walked through the door. Uh, we got on quite well straight away, so, you know, it's just the friendships that last, isn't it? But she did it, she's done the same, eight years, I think it's eight years, maybe, got the job, applied for the job then, she thought she was ready, got it, um, and now she does it, it's brilliant, and she knows her shit, so people can go to her, knowing full well, she'll probably 90% know, and if she doesn't know, she'll find out. Um, she doesn't even ask me anymore, that shows how much she's had to <laughs> get in loose. Um, I'm, I'm going for a little break now, in a bit. Hello, I'm back. Um, just needed some uh, drink of water and a quick cigarette. Um, um, so yeah, it was, yeah, it's... Bad, bad at the minute. Um, yeah, in the previous episode I was talking about um, people trying to um, turn staff to bringing them stuff in. And I was saying um, how good it was that used to be at Dubgate. Uh, apparently it's not now. Um, I mentioned earlier about someone who disobeyed the director that was pushed into his cell and the... Uh, Officer got suspended and the prisoner's still on the wing. So, yeah, uh, and also I've heard that um, somebody reported someone trying to corrupt an officer, um, did all the paperwork, put it into security. Well, paperwork, it's all online now. Um, I still call it paperwork, but it's not paper anymore. Uh, I uh, And then found out person was off for a while and um, came back and uh, surprise surprise she was off for a few months and surprise surprise he's still on the wing not been moved nothing's happened so we don't know I don't know mate I don't know the full story so I'm just these are the things that happen now uh, probably because they don't like getting kitted up anymore, so he's stayed on the wing because he refused to move or something like that, I don't know. 
Um, from what I've heard lately, probably where I used to work, it probably is true that the staff won't put people on the bus, whoever the drivers want to or not now, because apparently it's frowned upon now if you have to get kitted up. Um, it's just getting ridiculous. Uh, I don't know whether they're putting staff at risk because the contract's up soon and they don't want they want to get the prison back, so they don't want to get all these. Uh, Details sent through to the Justice Department who might hold it against them. Uh, we already lost one prison, um, uh, Loudon Grange. Um, don't know the full reason behind it, uh, but from what I've heard, that wasn't doing very well under Circo and they lost it. Um, whether they got outbidded or not, or underbidded, is as uh, but now it's run by uh, another company who actually run a prison in Manchester, Forest Bank. Uh, I went there once delivering prop and some of the staff, we're talking to some of the staff, um, and they're like, oh, I said to well, we took you took over one of our ex-prisons, uh, Loudon Grange, and he went, oh, it'll be in shit state like we are soon then because they don't know how to run a prison. And a lot of them officers at Lowland Grange, um, not Lowland Grange, Forest Bank, um, as Neil Sandwich said, an XP, uh, HMP. Um, and when people like that are saying that people don't like to run jail in Group 4, D4S, then you've got to listen, haven't you? Because, like I've said previously, experienced staff know the, they know the jail, they know the system, they know how to do stuff. I mean, that's why um, mostly governors we've had who worked at HMP know the shit and, it, and all the stuff and the prison was run a lot better when we had them. But um, previous, uh, present incumbent, ex, excuse, because he's ex-HMP, but um, no, no, I don't think I've said before, I don't think most of the staff know him, never mind. Um, and I've said previously what my mate Andy said to him, but anyway, that's going off track. Uh, yeah, some good restraints and good good things we've had happen uh, and bad. I mean, I did mention earlier, I don't know if I did mention it, about the spoonings that went on. That was horrendous, worst, one of the worst things I've seen. Um, I, didn't, I never experienced, actually, Personally, on my shift, any of my shifts, and I'm not saying it's just me, I think I was just lucky. I never, there was never a death in custody when I was on shift. Um, it's something I'm quite proud of, really. Um, um, yeah, but there was some horrendous ones. I mean, I did wit. <laughs> Maybe I'm lying there because I know when I was in comms, there was uh, a death in custody. And we uh, we had to put the cameras on. Obviously, we couldn't see the body because it's in cell. Uh, and at the time, I don't know if it's still prevalent now, but until he, that person was actually declared dead by a paramedic, um, you still have to keep you still have to keep uh, CPR um, ongoing until the ambulance arrived. So. Two things, I've well, no one thing. I'm 
don't ever have a heart attack if you go to jail uh, because it takes that long to get the um, ambulance around to the, the wing where you are because first of all it's got to come through the gate and then it's got to be walked all the way around the prison to the back door or in healthcare, it obviously goes down the main route, state to healthcare. Um, it takes ages for it to get through. Uh, and even longer on night because you've only got like 10, 12 staff on and you've only got two staff that are not actually on the wing locks on the house block. Um, so we had the camera on and um, staff kept going in and coming out and throwing up on the wing because they were still giving resuscitation and mouth to mouth and this bloke was dead so all the smelly shit was coming out. Uh, I don't know if you still have to do that because like I said I've never had one on the shift apart from this. Um, and we have this lad called Andy Dalzell, he used to be a police officer for years, 30 years in free, and he was the only one that just kept going in and getting on with it because he'd probably seen it all before. Uh, but that was, uh, it was horrific, and I, I, that's why I'm so glad that I never had to deal with a death in custody, um, because I couldn't do all that, especially at night when there's only one nurse on for the whole jail, which I find a bit strange. But apparently, well, there's two on, there's one, but there's only one who's got, who's on the main on the main prison, and the other one's in healthcare. Uh, so she's looking after, what, 12, and the other nurse got to look after the 1100. Um, so even with that, they've got to go and get her off, bring it over, it's a nightmare. Uh, and that's when a lot of these death in custody's happen. Um, going back to inexperienced staff, uh, we had one death in custody, and then again, luckily I wasn't on shift, um, where this young girl who just graduated was... So in the morning when you unlock them, you unlock two reasons for unlocking. One, obviously, is to get them up, tell them breakfast, and the second to check they're not dead or they're okay. So um, this officer went and she opened the door, she looked in and shouted, you know, breakfast and, um, and left the door open. And then she went back again and he's still asleep. So she went to a colleague, oh, he's still asleep, he's not getting up, what shall I do? So, you know, you shouldn't have be asking what to do, you should have gone and kicked the bed. But anyway, so the, the colleague was like, Oh, just a minute, because he would do something else. And he went, oh, and he was fucking dead. He'd been dead all night, and she didn't even know. She'd not even gone in and checked him. Um, and yeah, he'd been dead all night. So you'd think, get disciplined for that, obviously. You're not doing your job properly. That's your job. Make sure you keep your care. You've got to do your care. Prison's not moving. And you've been the second time and he's still lay there, you, you fucking give him a shake or kick the bed or make a noise, something to wake him up. She just left him, walked out, left the door open. Fucking bloke's dead in, in his bed. Um, she's still there. Hopefully she's learned a lesson. But uh, I think that's another case of, oh God, I better not report that. Because death in custody is a big inquiry anyway, but even get fined for that, which I find ridiculous because people... It's, Death in custody, it's death in custody, and it's, you can't help it. Um, someone's determined, even if they're on an act, which is like a check, every 20 minutes, 
and some officers do it exactly every 20 minutes. Well, no, the reason you do that, mate, you check four times an hour, but you do it, you don't do it 20, every 20 minutes. Because then, if someone wants to top themselves, they're going to clap, oh, I've got 20 minutes now to, to do something. Don't take 20 minutes to die. You know, do it properly, people. Um, yeah, it's just horrendous, mate. And, and, I mean, I'll be honest, well, I was at, I was at Dubgate 12 years. Uh, we didn't have many deaths in custody. Uh, I think it started getting more when Mamba come out. Um, what, some, I mean, we went for a long time without a death in custody with Mamba, but uh, we got a few, and then there was some natural causes. Um, I mean, there was one which I found, again, some uh, people on nights being lazy. Um, we had, he didn't die, but he, he had a stroke. His pet, the alarm was being pressed and no one went to see him. And when they eventually went to see him, he, he was nearly dead. He had a stroke. Luckily, they, they got him. He was knackered. He, he, he couldn't walk properly or anything like that. Um, he was on the wing, when I, he was on golfing when I was on there. And it, the effort he used to put in just to get his strength back up, it was, it was quite good. It was really determined to do it, but it's like it shouldn't have happened. When that alarm gets pressed, I know some wings, it's a pain in the arse. Bells are going all the time, but you must go and see it. You've got to get off your arse and go and check because, do you know what I mean? This is what happens with deaths in custody. They happen that night. A lot of them happen at night, obviously. And if the night staff are not doing the job properly, I mean, especially if they press the alarm, they need assistance. I mean, you could get there, it could be toilet roll, but you could get there and the bloke's having a stroke. Do it, do as you talk, just do your job. You're on nights for 12 hours, two minutes out of your time doesn't matter. I mean, I used to have, we used to have the uh, SRU, I can't even remember what it stands for now, but it's like the behavioural, bad behavioural wing, if you like, where all the idiots go. Um, and they used to, as soon as it was bang up, you could guarantee within half an hour all their bells were going and it was for stupid shit. So um, I used to go on and at seven o'clock, honest, this is how much like children they are, I used to turn all the wing lights out on, on Kilo Wing. And trust me, it so went quiet. It's like, it's like your kids at home when you turn the light out, they go to sleep. This is what they were pressing the alarm for stupid shit. I mean, one of them pressed his alarm and I went up. I always went up, even though I knew it was, I knew the prison and I knew it was probably shit, but you just never know. So I went up and he says, Oh, Mark. I'm like, What? Can, I, can you get me some chocolate? I'm like, Mate, are you taking a fucking piss? So get to fucking, get your head down, get to sleep. You can have as much chocolate as you want in the morning. I ain't getting, you know, where am I supposed to get chocolate from? So I get halfway down the wing and it goes again and goes back and says, fuck's sake, what do you want now? Can you get me some milk then? Same fucking story, mate. I'm going to get you milk. Shut up, man. Um, but then this is how, what happened when I got suspended once. Well, I didn't get suspended. Oh, did I? No, I didn't. I got moved. Um, this lad, it was on duty, it was on, I was on duty, it was on duty at wing. And he pressed, he pressed his buzzer, but there was about another, he was on the bottom, self, 
on the wing, at the far end of the wing. And there was a couple of lads pressing the buzzers. Now, I knew a lot of the lads on duet wing, so a lot of them were like, oh, I just want to see how you're doing, Mark, not seeing it. And I'm like, oh, God, I'm, I'm fine, yeah, yeah, I'll have a chat with him. So, and it wasn't done intentionally, but I finally got to the end cell. So he's like, well, I've been fucking pressing my bell for the last half an hour. I said, mate, I'm sorry. I said, but I've been on the wing, but other people, before I got to you, were pressing the, the alarm, so I obviously spoke to them first. So this lad, he was new on the wing, so I didn't really know him very well. So we start like, oh, is it because I'm black? I said, I'm sorry. He said, you leave me till last because I'm black. I said, no, mate, I'm leaving you last because you're last. You're at the bottom of the wing, so you're last. He says, and now I've got to go upstairs and see other people who have been ringing for a bit. It's nothing to do with you being black. He said, just, it's just the way it is. Oh, you fucking racist, and you give it, and I'm like, mate, I've a lot of things, but I'm not, which is two, I'm not a racist, I never have been. Um, and he's like, oh, I'll, I'll do this and I'll do that. I said, listen here, mate, don't fucking threaten me. I said, if you want to speak to me, I'm back in next week after me night, and we'll have a chat then. I said, but I'm not a racist, I can guarantee. And some other lads, a couple of lads, because the they were black lads, He's not a racist, you dickhead. I said, now, what do you want? He said, toilet roll. I said, right, ask me properly and I'll get you some toilet roll. Normally I wouldn't, but I thought, you're being a dick. All I wanted him to say was, can I have some toilet roll, please? And he wouldn't say it. So I'm like, well, fuck you then. And I went off. And I did upstairs. I finally come, got downstairs and I took him his toilet roll. I said, fucking cost nothing to manage me. And he's like, yeah, you racist bastard. And I said, oh, fuck off. I wasn't on nights, I was on late, sorry. So anyway, that that was what we had to put up with. Some of them, if they didn't get it straight away, it was because we were racist. What? Um, so a couple, couple of days later, when I'm back on, and I'm coordinator, so I'm walking around when the other days I was on my own wing, um, and this idiot's at the gate as I walk past. I didn't even say nothing who's well past I mean, the thing in prison, you can't hold a grudge, you, you just got to move on because you'd be arguing all day. So this idiot starts gobbing off at me. So I don't know what had happened, but I was not, I weren't in a very good mood. So I went back, I said, what do you fucking say? And I went onto the wing and he started giving it out. And I said, so I'm like being a dick as usual, walking towards him. Um, I think I've told everyone this before, but I'll tell you it again, just in case. So, it's back and forth, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, fuck off, mate, shut up. And then one of our um, esteemed colleagues, Sproer, had died not long before, and he just started slagging, said, I hope you die like Sproer, and that was it, I just lost my shit. Uh, but that was my fault, I was unprofessional, I just, like, I was in that place that day where, so, uh, yeah, I ended up, getting moved, I'm demoted actually, for that, but um, yeah, so this is the stuff you've got to put up with, and sometimes you just put up with it and move on, but um, yeah, we had it loads of time where they, they threaten you behind the door when you're on nights or lights, and next day they go, oh really sorry, I was just stressed out, which normally you'd say, oh, but yeah, as I've just said, I do it exactly the same when I'm stressed out, so um, that's not an excuse. It was ridiculous behaviour by me, and I held my hand up. 
he know how I I yeah I weren't happy with I blame the governor Claire Claire Pearson uh, at the time, but on reflection, Claire, if you ever listened to this, I apologise, and you was right. Uh, and I realise now you just did it to protect me because you could have sacked me and you didn't. Uh, and you had got rid of people for less. So uh, if you ever listen, Claire, I apologise. Uh, we still didn't get on, classy personalities, but uh, when I'm wrong, I'm wrong, I'll admit it. Uh, so thank you, Claire. <sighs> Through pretty, yeah, thank you, Claire, you was right. Uh, you could have sacked me for that. So I think Mr Mr Jones had something to do with that as well. Um, but yeah, I'm thankful I always will be. Um, so I, um, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> sorry. So uh, I'm only going to do a short one this week because uh, I don't like to rub it in, but I'm in Alcudia and it's dead sunny outside and I want to get out there. So <laughs> yeah, thank you everybody who listens. And please, if anyone wants to message me or wants me to talk about something that I forgot or something they remember, uh, just send me a message on the podcast. Uh, and if you want to call me a knob or a dickhead or whatever, I know I am, so you're not going to offend me. Um, so, yeah, please, uh, just let me know. I didn't realise you could do it till a few days ago, so, yeah, you can let me know. Just send me a message on this. Um, and I'll do my best to have to reply or ex- people who've not worked in prison service, if any of you are listening, I can explain stuff to you because sometimes I'll ramble on about prison stuff. Uh, and an old friend of mine, Joanna, she actually said, listen, you need to explain more because she didn't know what I was on about half the time. So uh, I can explain. Um, next time I might talk about some of the infamous prisoners we had in the, on, in the prison while I was there. Um, about some of the escorts we did not just prison, uh, two other prisons and two mental health places where, again, some of these profession, mental health professionals talk to officers like we shit, like we don't know what we're doing, where actually probably work with this mental health patient for longer than they will. Um, I had this issue when I worked with kids that social workers come in giving it out and they didn't even know what the kid had done last week because we work with them every day. Um, and to my detriment sometimes, I'd just say, listen, fuck off, you don't know what you're talking about. Um, yeah, and the fun we had when the smoking ban came in, that was uh, quite interesting. Um, so, um, yeah, please contact me if you want, or if you want to know, I just want to slag me off. It always makes me laugh when people slag me off, because... A lot of people who slagged me off have not been there, not done it, and don't know what the shit's going on in prisons. Um, and my money took telling a bit now. I could go into great detail what cock-ups they are, but I'd like, I'd like to keep it jovial and tell a few stories now and again. Um, and I'll probably go into more about healthcare. Um, some of the dickheads we had down there, there was, there was no reason for them to be down there. They just wanted a cushy number, but we sussed them out. So um, I will speak to you all soon. And again, my sincerest thanks to everyone who listens to it. Um, I really appreciate it. Um, 
And all again, my last say it, my last word is everyone who's in the prison state stay safe. Um, extra stay safe, and of course everyone else stay safe. Just watch your backs. Thanks very much for listening, and I'll speak to you soon. Bye.